Welcome to the 7 Days to Amazing podcast, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week. Now your host, Sharon Haver of FocusOnStyle.com. Sheeksters. I am Sharon Haver, and you are about to be amazed. I have a very special guest on today's episode of the Seven Days to Amazing podcast, Richard Naham. He is the founder of the I Prefer Paris blog and I Prefer Paris tours since 2006. We all have our special place that we dream of living in, but Richard made that happen when he picked up and not only left New York and being my best friend since my Brooklyn days, but picked himself up and headed off to Paris where he started his own thriving business there. His Paris and travel photos have appeared in travel publications and websites such as Travel Agent Central Magazine, France Today, and Passport Magazine. He won the Jura Award of Merit in the International Fine Art Photography Competition in 2013. Now, when living in Paris, well, I'm sorry, when living in New York, Richard was a successful private chef, caterer, event planner, and producer of cultural events. He has worked with many celebrities, including Sarah Jessica Parker, Whitney Houston, and Joan Rivers. Kind of off his bio, Richard also is able to identify any disco song in the first three beats, but I digress. <laughs> After a teenage trip to Paris, Richard decided to become an instant Francophile. He visited the city frequently until he made it his home in 2005. With 25 years of rave reviews from friends and colleagues, Richard decided to take his own private tours of his Paris public. His goal is to provide fun and adventurous and exciting tours of Paris for the independent spirited traveler. Richard is also one of my guests experts on my in my signature program, the Say Chic Crash Course, where he shares how to find your real Parisian style wherever you are. So today we're going to talk about how to find your own personal Paris or your special place wherever you are on this episode of Seven Days to Amazing. I'd like to take a second and welcome Richard Naham. I am thrilled to have you here with us today. The guy who used to live a couple of blocks away from me where I grew up, you're all the way across on another continent and I never see you anymore. So thank you for coming here and for sharing your brilliance with our audience. Oh, bonsoir, Sharon. Actually, it's evening here in Paris. Uh little chilly here today, uh, tonight, but clear and beautiful. There was a full moon here last night. I got a really great photo of it. Um, and I'm happy to be your guest tonight or today <laughs> over there in New York. Well, you know, Richard is always better at night anyway. The, 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 guy, the guy is great on a dance floor, let me tell you. We spent a long time together, Richard and I. We actually met many years ago during, uh, I guess it was spring break, and um, we met in Florida at Highline on one of those disgusting plastic benches where they look like the bus depot benches, only to find out that we um, lived only a few blocks away from each other, and had I was still in high school, Richard had just graduated from the high school, and we have become longtime friends since. So Richard is very, uh, uh, what's a good word to, to say it? He's... 
a sort huh? of a, 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 a renaissance man in some some ways. But uh, and, and so uh, when I moved to Paris, I totally reinvented myself. Yeah, so he went from the, the Richard we all knew on the highlight bench in Florida, from Brooklyn, from his catering business, from truffles. He used to have these, like, to die for truffles in his truffle shop, to um, the catering to photo shoots, to creating all these celebrity, kind of almost like what we're doing with a podcast, but celebrity panels in New York, which is really cool. And then just picking up and going to Paris. So in Paris, he was able to quickly adopt to the Parisian lifestyle and he also through all his, his travel is able to sort of become not live it like a, a tourist but live like a local and that's kind of what I want him to talk to us about today is like we all have our places that we dream of we all want to go somewhere and sometimes we just can't or we want to bring it home with us so Richard can you just kind of give us a little bit like how did it happen how did you sort of easily adapt yourself to a different culture and let us sort of talk on how you can have your not your defining moment of doing that and how it can help other people find their own private special place wherever they are sure I'd, I'd love to share that with you so I moved to Paris in 2005 um after 30 years of dreaming here uh dreaming about moving to Paris so I moved here and I wasn't sure what I was going to do in Paris. Um, I didn't want to do chefing or catering anymore. I had done that for over 20 years in New York. And so when I moved here, I was taking a year off. And all my friends and my relatives would say, oh, you're taking a year off. That's great. Well, we're going to come visit you. Or they will always wanted information. They said, okay, what's the latest exhibit I should go to? What's, what's the best hotel I should stay in? What are some of the really hot restaurants right now in Paris? And I would email them and tell them all, you know, bring them up to date on all the latest and greatest things in Paris. And eventually I started a blog because I just thought that was a much more efficient way to share with people what was going on in Paris. Yeah, instead and of doing so one, yeah. so one to many. Right. So it's, also, it's a right. great exactly. for people. So a lot of people, yeah. like you, when you want to change your businesses and you don't know how to change your business or what to do, mm-hmm. it's like kind of the one to many approach. So. If you're the person yeah, who's always the with, go-to expert on something, instead of just sitting there and telling people, which you can as like a, a consultant or a coach, but to put it in something in a bigger format so you reach more people and you increase your audience. Right, right. And the thing was, is, you know, that was the early days of blogging, 2005. So, and there weren't that many Paris blogs then. I was one of the first people to have an insider, you know, guide to Paris Again, telling about the latest and greatest things to do here, art, culture, food, exhibits, um, historical things, things things like that, From uh, and also from an American perspective, which was also important. You know, I see obviously see Paris in a different way than Parisians do, and many Parisians even read my blog because they don't even know what's going on in Paris sometimes. They go to my blog to find out the latest and greatest there. So, so tell and, me, so looking at it yeah. from both both vantage points, how, does, how do you mm-hmm. see style – as a New Yorker, how do you see style as a Parisian now? And that you can, you know, the identifying factors of, of what's mm-hmm. different, how, how Parisians live their life, or, or how you can find style wherever you are and look at it in a different way and find your inspiration. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with um, French style is um, that women dress, they, they just have a more pulled together look here, even when they dress casually. They never look sloppy. In other words, they look, they still look casual, but they don't look, they don't look sloppy or out of place. They're not wearing running pants. In fact, they only wear exercise clothes like, um, 
uh, when they exercise, like that. When they, only when they exercise, they will, even if they, even when they, they, they don't do grocery shopping, they don't pick up their kids in, in that. When they go to the gym, they always bring clothes with them to change into. So they never go out of their gym clothes, even if they have to go run an errand or something like that. So that, that's, a, that's also a very different thing. And also, um, they wear, um, also they wear a lot less makeup here, which I really appreciate. And yeah, so well, it's it more about maintaining skin, their, yeah, and yeah. it's more about maintaining, in fact, they spend more money on uh, facial products than they do on makeup. And you could really see that because they do have nice skin and they don't wear as much uh, makeup. And also they're not, even, it's funny, even though there's tons of hairstyling salons here, um, they never look like they're having their hair done. It's right. always kind of, you know, and so that that's always very interesting to me. It's that, um, un, yeah, the undoneness. I think there's so many people because I know I, I see it a lot. Well, not in my in my personal circles, but I see it a lot online mm-hmm. with a lot of women, a lot of bloggers who's like, I dream of mm-hmm. Paris and I'm so Parisian and they're all dolled up right. in these like party dresses and false eyelashes and tons of right. makeup and, right. and coiffed hair. And it's like, that's anything but real Parisian. That's maybe like the yeah, Harry Bradshaw approach to yeah. like the 60s right. in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing too is is that um, a lot of times there's like an, uh, a defining accessory. So it could just be this one great coat in this amazing color, and then they're just wearing whatever neutrals underneath. Or sometimes it's just a great shoe that they're wearing. The others be wearing jeans and 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 a jean jacket maybe or something else like that. But they'll have like this fabulous pair of shoes on. And a lot of times too is that they're not afraid to. Um, mixed things, especially accessories. So, like, a lot of times you'll see them wearing evening shoes during the day, but yet it totally works for some weird reason. Yeah. Like a gold T-strap shoe. Yeah, the unexpectedness of it all. Right, right. Like wearing, like, sequins under a denim jacket or, you know, metallic. Right, right. There's always a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. So I think those are some of the things. So, you know, I think women should – um, you know, maybe go out of their comfort zone a little bit and pick one or two great accessories that could change things, you know, uh, that are a little more daring. So, in other words, you could be a very conservative dresser, but you can be like a French person and throw on, uh, you know, with that trench coat, like I said, a pair of glitter flats or, you know, uh, a scarf with like little maybe diamonds on it or something like that, you know, just something to, you know, uh, give it some oomph. So what what do you think makes makes Paris so amazing? Like it, to to sort of like bring it home a little bit here. Like if someone well, wants I to think, have like we all know yeah. what Paris is, but what makes right. it so amazing right. that if you're in New York, if you're if you're in Rome, if you're in to, right. Toledo, if you're in LA, right. if you're right. in you know right. Geneva, how can you have whatever is the other city that's so special to you that you dream of? What makes it so amazing, and how can you take that essence? wherever you live and bring it into your daily life? Well, I think one of the big things is attention to detail in many areas. So obviously in the architecture here, the architecture is just beautiful. Um, In the food, in the fashion, and not only, like, even in food, even though, yes, it tastes amazing, it's the presentation. You know, you Mm, go to to a bakery, right, and the colors are beautiful. In fact, they have one person only in charge of the display in the bakery and they always make sure that it looks good and that it looks full. 
so it never looks empty. And also in the shops here, too, the windows are so beautiful. And again, it's all about the presentation. It's just as important as, um, you know, as anything else um, and how they present the clothes. And also there's even small things that they do. So when they wrap a package, it's beautiful. You could buy a $5 chocolate bar and they'll wrap it to look like a million bucks, you know, and you give that person that chocolate bar and they think they're got a $100 chocolate bar. And um, and then there's even subtle things like when you go into a shop, a small boutique, and you buy something, the salesperson will never give it to you from behind the desk. They'll always come around and ha- personally hand you the package and, again, wrap you. So interesting. And that's it's also on a, from a business standpoint, it's the customer mm-hmm. service level of, like, really making everything seem special and taking pride in, in what right. you're doing. Of course, we won't talk yeah. about some of those um, the waiters at cafes who could barely give you a cup yeah. of coffee. But, you know, as That's far true. as personal shopkeepers. Yeah. And also, this is very interesting, in a lot of the um, – in some of the small-owned boutiques or single-owned single owned boutiques here, they when customers walk in um, and they start to look at things, um, and they'll say to somebody, they'll like, I have these two friends of mine that do this really beautiful, have a really beautiful jewelry shop, and um, and anyway, sometimes they'll, uh, a customer will put on something, and they'll actually say to them, I don't think that's you, I don't think that piece is for you, and they'll show them another piece. In the mm-hmm. United States, they would never do that. They would never say that. No, they're going for the um, they would try to for sell the them whatever they yeah. can. You know, it's like you know, it's like the old joke. Oh, that you know, the salesperson says, "Oh my God, that dress looks amazing on you," and then the customer says, "Well, it's on backwards." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I, I and I know what 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 shop you're talking about. I think, and it's the one that's right near Colette. And exactly. um, yeah, and um, just tell me a little bit. So, unlike when if someone goes to Paris. And and they they mm-hmm. get so excited. What are the things like you know a shop like Colette is just such a you know a tr- it's been such a trend setting boutique for years. It's it's just been amazing. Yeah. I don't even know how long it's around. It's got to be like twenty five thirty years if not more. And yeah, what, well, actually they just celebrated their twentieth. But yeah, go ahead. Twentieth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like longer than that. Um, uh, and but how do you how do you find that that little special? And we're talking about the boutiques and someone even coming on the other side of the counter and the way the little shops are set up. Richard lives in the Marais, which is kind of the I guess you want to call it the cooler part of Paris. It's like the Soho or the no. Greenwich Village. Right, exactly. Like Soho, West Village of Paris. Yeah. And there, it's very. It's not the big fancy stores. It's little tiny edgy, cool, avant-garde, cutting-edge boutiques. It's much more down-to-earth. It's much more edgy. It's much more, it's much more special to me rather than, like, the, the, the big tourist shops, of course, that people can't even afford. This is, you yeah. know, there's expensive stuff there, but it's just it's right. cooler. So how do, you, how do you see that? If someone is also in wherever they live, I mean, how can they bring that kind of edgy essence, that little Euro cool to wherever they are in their life, in their business? Just in their day, um, how can they be yeah, amazing I mean, in that way? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, well, there's, you know, there's a couple of things. Obviously, with um, blogs now, you get you know personal things that 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 people um, you know write about or show, and you know there's a lot of Parisian bloggers. There's uh, Inez de Fersange, you know, she's kind of like a cult fashion figure here, and she's the every French woman, every French woman that wants to be her. And, you know, she was a model for Saint Laurent and, and amused for him. And then she started her own successful fashion company. She's the spokesperson for Roger Vivier's shoes. And, you know, people really, they're always interviewing her. And she 
just has the sort of um, how can I say the, the ultimate French style. So it's it's that you know that sort of confidence and also that you know again she could wear a t-shirt and a pair of jeans and then have a fabulous bag or a pair of shoes with well, that. Well, yeah, and, and now uh, I we make it look great, yeah. I cover Inez a lot on Focus on Style, especially um, when right. we do French chic, because she does have that gorgeous, casual, undone way of her short, kind of purposely messy short hair and very little right. makeup and a mm -hmm. great little boyfriend jacket and colored jeans and the perfect shoes. Yeah. But, and I think it's great. And she also has that really cheap line at Uniqlo, too, which is a good point here, yeah. because she's also really skinny and really tall. And she's in her 50s, and she's just, she's, Still adorable. Yeah, she's 57, I think, yeah. And the thing that I noticed is, for, and, and her feet are bigger than mine, so I always, you know, I'll always love a person. Really? God, that's, I didn't know they were feet bigger than yours. Yes, they are. Hers are bigger <laughs> than mine. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, what I find interesting is even looking at the Uniglow line, which is um, it's kind of like a, the Japanese version of the Gap. They're really great for basics, and it's, there's a couple of stores in New York and they have them in one in Paris and it's, it's a pretty global brand these days. The stuff in there that she's photographed in and all, we all know from my stylist days that you can make anything look beautiful, but that's not in a photo, but that's not the point. The point is that it's so simple and that is what's great about French style to begin with. But the stuff that she wears is just that extra element of simple that it's mm. so difficult to pull off if you're not really tall, if you're not really skinny, it suddenly becomes boring. And it just, it's that edge of their body, the attitude, the yeah. grace, the way I mean, they the walk. Other thing that too can is, take like is, a floral Peter Pan collar right. and make it look hot. Right. I mean, the other thing too is, is you know, it's not always easy, but always find, you know, the thing, the cut that looks great on you. Mm -hmm. Even if you have to spend more money and just buy one fabulous dress, Say whatever for seven or eight hundred dollars, rather than buying a three hundred dollar dress because but that's that, you'll have that dress forever and it looks fabulous on you. But that's an interesting point. That one dress that you look really special in, and three dresses that. You and know, and I and I learned that lesson when I was um, oh my god my first trip to Europe when I was in went to the French Riviera to stay at my friend's house there. I think I was in Joie yes. and we had a, a girl who was the pharmacist who was a friend of her brother who was a doctor and the pharmacist we don't even know her name we used to call her the pharmacist she was in probably in her early 20s and she was beautiful she was really really beautiful and she would wear the same casserole lavender sundress every day every day without fail day in and day out and i thought it was so fascinating because here it was i was the one with the closet you can't even close and here was this girl who looked just spectacular and she kind of looked like a Marion Cotillard type and every day the same dress and I started to notice and I was I don't know 18 19 at the time that all these other women who I was seeing around me in the south of France they all wore the same good dress every day every day hmm. it was their uniform and you know they didn't care if you saw them wearing it yesterday or tomorrow or the day before or next week they pulled themselves together in one piece that was a good piece that they could afford yeah i mean and the other thing too is it's it's also a practice it's also a practical thing here um hello yeah hi i'm oh, sorry sorry, sorry i lost you um it's the also a practical space. thing you know paris apartments are really tiny 
And so people don't have big walk-in closets here. You know, if they have one closet with two racks on it, it's a lot. So they can't fit like, you know, 40 coats and 30 dresses in there. So they just buy, you know, a few pieces each because they literally can't fit in their closet. I mean, there's people, you know, the average size apartment in Paris is like five or 600 square feet, you know. And so, again, how much closet space could you have in a five or 600 square foot apartment? But imagine how much style they have in that five or 600 square foot apartment because they know how to find the right pieces. And that's something I'd like to, you know, maybe you've observed it while you were there. I know for me, it's like with Parisiennes is that. I was talking to someone yesterday on, you know, I, I teach people this in the Say She Crush course. It's like you don't have the Parisian mother. So you, you just get the Jewish girl from Brooklyn with the mother who kind of knew the same lessons, you know. Right, it's right, like, exactly. It's a, it goes down. It's in their blood because it goes down from generation to generation as to what you should wear, what you shouldn't wear. Just like you were saying about the woman who owns the jewelry shop telling a customer, right. no, that's not the right piece on you. There's a certain guideline. There's a structure to what they wear. Yes. So they get more out of less because it's right and they understand it as opposed to Americans who never had that, I don't know if you want to call it education, upbringing, and right. you don't know where you can pull in and find it. Yeah, and the other thing, too, I think with, with uh, Americans is they're, well, especially these days, they're especially celebrity drawn. So if like that dress is on Kim Kardashian, I got to have that dress no matter how bad or good it looks on me. And here that's, you know, it's just, it's just not so here, you know, it's not a celebrity culture here as much. And so um, I think that's, you know, I think that's very different. So tell me like when, when you have your amazing week in Paris, what is your, how do you spend an amazing week in Europe? What do you, what do you do? What do you do? So, first of all, you, you take a couple of tours with me so I can see the real Paris. Um, always giving and, a plug. You know, that's right. Always always giving a plug. Um, but I think... Uh, and his tours are great, you know, so a com- you know, it's a combination of things. Yes, you want to go see the tourist sites if you've never been here. You want to go see the Eiffel Tower and you want to go to the Louvre and you want to go see the Arc de Triomphe. And it's great to see that stuff. But for me, the the the, the real fun is just walking the streets, observing, um, going to cafes, watching people. People um, watching. Shopping That's like a hobby Yeah, Paris. people watching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I think it was invented here. Um, <laughs> you know, just even if, and just walking into stores, even if it's stuff you don't think you're going to buy or you're going to like, or it's just, it's just wonderful to, to observe, you know, and, and again, seeing the French style in, in everything, uh, you know, everywhere around you. And, um, you know, it's also uh, not that easy, but it's also trying to talk to people sometimes, you know, in the shops, um, you know, there's a certain, like, you always have to say hello when you walk into a shop. And that's like the magic word. You say hello, they'll be nice to you, they'll, 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 um, they'll show you things. Um, and also, well, it's, yeah, just, it's acknowledgement, uh, it's acknowledgement, which is something that I'm right, exactly. talking about right. today on something else. Yeah. And it's just, people want to be acknowledged and it's very rude to not acknowledge them. And it's, I know for me, walking into a store in the United States and the, the, the 
salesperson, clerk behind the counter, can't lift their head up when I walk in the store to greet me or say goodbye when I leave. It's like, I don't want to open up my wallet. Just acknowledge people or the same thing. Right, right. Facebook. Just, yeah, just, yeah, just say hello. Like Facebook them. feed, just click like, you know, no one is above yeah. acknowledgement. It's respect and it's just, it's, you know, it's just nice. It matters. Yeah. And, and, you know, people just think that, you know, Parisians are rude and it's really not true. They just want you to say hello to them. And uh, so the other perfect thing to do, um, you know, in the week here is, is uh, you know, sip champagne in the middle of the day because they actually do that here. Um, you know, do something fun like go to the Four Seasons uh, George Sank Hotel and look at the amazing floral, floral arrangements. So sometimes it's doing the offbeat stuff that could really be um, really fun instead of, you know, having to go to every single monument. <laughs> But that's a, that's a good tip, too, because like you just said, to go to the Four Seasons Hotel. So now someone will say, well, I can't afford the Four Seasons. And they and they live from a place of, you know, lack of abundance because they because right. I can't afford it. It's not good. I'm not going to go. I didn't do it. And right. Right. usually they were brought up. In or, a or they, they'll like, never let me in there. But you could yeah. just walk in there and just admire go the flowers. In and and even... suck it up and get inspired from other things. You don't exactly. have to spend the night there, but just see right, it. Right, exactly. You could just walk in the know? lobby. In fact, I, I actually include that in my tour sometimes, believe it or not. I'm probably the only tour guide that takes people into the Four Seasons Hotel lobby um, just because, again, it's something. Um, and it's the other thing, too, is I like to sh- Yeah, it's inspirational. I also love to show people modern Paris. You know, of course, yes, all the monuments and the history and all of that, but it's really great to take people to the really beautiful shops and food shops and, and show them and also tell them how Parisians live in current day uh, Paris, you know, the different customs, like oh, they don't eat dinner until 7.30 or 8.00. Yeah, so they don't usually eat dinner till um, 8 or 8.30. So if you go to a restaurant at 7, 7.30, it's going to be empty. Um, they don't really eat breakfast. You know, people always say to me, oh, where should I go for breakfast in Paris? And meanwhile, they don't really eat breakfast. They have croissants and a coffee. So that's pretty much the basic uh, – Paris diet, so you there's no great place. They don't even serve omelets until like midday or something like that. Yeah, it's lunch. Um, yeah, and also, um, and then they don't really eat in between meals. And um, you know, restaurants only open between. You can't you can't go for someplace nice at dinner at six o'clock at night. You, you have to wait till at least seven thirty. Some restaurants don't even eat, uh, open till eight. And so these are just kind of um, you know the small things, and they work. Um, everything's later here. So, you know, sometimes people want to do a tour at 9 o'clock in the morning. I said, well, there's nothing open at 9 o'clock in the morning. Most shops, restaurants, et cetera, open at 10.30 or 11. So everything runs later here than it does in, in the States. So what, when, with that, when people come there, do you get any resistance from people on having them trying to live their lifestyle in another city? I mean, because I know there's a Parisian. Uh, yeah, there's I mean, sometimes. Really someone you know, walking around in, yeah. in uh, gym shorts. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, you know, Americans sometimes have expectations. They think everybody speaks English here. Um, like sometimes I'm with uh, tour clients, and they're really lovely people, but they'll just start talking English to somebody, thinking, not even assuming that they, uh, you know, that they speak that they speak English instead of just saying, "Excuse me, do you speak English?" So sometimes it's just it's just things like that. Again, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a cultural thing. So what do you think was the, the number one thing that you picked up when you first moved to Paris that, that you real find is the difference in culture 
from here and that someone can mm-hmm. take with you, not just like the time the shop opens or, you know, whatever right, it is. Right. Someone, I mean, can I think, someone can add yeah, to their I, life to make it more amazing. Um, what I think here is, um, and this is really difficult for me as a, you know, typical New Yorker who wants everything here and now, is the, even though it's a big city and things move somewhat quickly here, it's not as quick as New York. And people t- really take their time about doing things here. And and in some ways, it's really wonderful. And sometimes it could just drive you crazy. So <laughs> the pace of of living here is just is definitely slower. So if you want to do dinner in a movie, do the do the movie first and then dinner because you'll never get out in time. But dinner here is minimum of an hour and a half to two hours. So there's no quick in and out in a half an hour. It just doesn't it just doesn't happen here because people really dine here. They just don't eat food and then just leave. They dine here. And, you know, they'll have three courses and then they'll have a cheese course and then they'll have coffee and they'll have dessert. Um, and But they won't eat in between meals. And so that's why they have such a full meal at either lunch or dinner. So, so I think that's one of the biggest things is, is like I said, just the pace of living is definitely slower. It's more. And uh, people don't make 47 appointments like in the states like especially in new york people get up at five in the morning they'll do an hour and a half yoga class then they'll do a spin class and then get to their desk at eight o'clock and french people don't do that (laughs) (laughs) they don't exercise first thing in the morning i mean sometimes they'll go on their lunch hour but um but they just don't pack in 47 things in a day like most new yorkers do or, or americans do and things seem to get done it seems to always work out yeah so if, yeah, if you I, had I, a, no, so I was if um, if somebody if you want to give us like three four tips whatever whatever number feels right to you five okay. one hundred and sixty two and if someone wants okay. to feel wherever they are that they can't get to Paris they can't I know last week you were in in Italy and you were in Florence mm-hmm. and I know I I, yes. I get he's my like my one of my dearest friends for years and years and years and I get jealous reading of all his you know European adventures all the time because you know when you live in New York and you want to go on a short little jaunt I'm going to New Jersey right or Connecticut and you live in Paris and you can go to this city or that city or whatever so exactly in an hour yeah in an hour and a half in New York I might be halfway to the Hamptons and here I could be in Venice in an hour and a half so, so that's one of the really t- wonderful things about living here. So, so if yeah. you're if you're in the United States or you're living someplace else mm-hmm. where you don't have that much of diversity of different cultures, yes, we have it here as a melting pot of people, but not of the whole architecture yes. of being the environment. How can someone mm-hmm. just get their mindset, their inspiration going, whatever it is, to make their life more amazing, whatever their city is? I mean, case in point now, we're talking Paris, but wherever it is that they can right. find their perfect something – where they are this uh, moment. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think in this digital age now, I think it's it's so much easier in some ways to access that. So, um, you know, reading travel publications or, um, you know, getting uh, like there's this magazine called Afar, and every day I get um, messages from them, um, you know, like daily stories about where to travel, where to go. Uh, you know, different tips, things like that. So it, it's it's uh, reading, you know, travel sites, travel blogs. Um, immersing you know, yourself. Uh, immersing yourself, yeah. And there, there's so many wonderful books about Paris, you know, like uh, I get sent, you know, through my blog, I get sent like three or four books almost every other month 
on uh, on Paris, you know, and sometimes a lot of them. And I think what's also nice, too, is there's a lot of books by American people living in Paris. So you can identify with their Americanness, but also see how they start to either fit in or not fit in into the Parisian or the French culture. So, you know, it's interesting to, to uh, read how people come here and find their way. Um, I think the other thing, too, is... Um, I don't know, going to, um, you know, going even to a department store, you know, and looking at the latest Chanel clothing, you know, and that way you could feel a little more Parisian. Yeah, you may not be able to afford it, but, you know, it's free to look. Mm -hmm. um, what's the other tips? Um, I think the other thing, too, is, um, like I said, just reading, you know, uh, and with so much online now, um, even on Facebook, you know, I get so many people on my Facebook. I have like 3,500 friends and they're always off somewhere on some adventure or some of them are like, I've, I've have a lot of friends that are interior designers. So you get to see their style and how they do French style. So I think in that sense, um, to digitally, you could really surround yourself or some gorgeous coffee table books. There's, there's always some coffee table, wonderful coffee table book that you can just, whatever, sit back and read for a few hours and have a glass of champagne with that. Yeah, and I think also the, the most important thing for a lot of women, which I, I really want to reemphasize again is what you said, is that, you know, French women don't wear a lot of makeup. French women don't have fussy hair. French women don't have crazy hair extensions and false eyelashes and frilly dresses. You know, it's the essence of the style. It's the undoneness, the naturalness that, that makes it real, which is also much easier for other for 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 any woman to to pick up, yeah, up it's, on it's it it much really more, comes, yeah right. i think it's also much more attainable absolutely you know that's the other thing too is you, you know you see these celebrities on the red carpet and you, you know they've been uh they have a team of i don't know 10 people around them you know the hair person the makeup person the person styling the dress the person giving them the jewelry and as gorgeous as these women look that is not and it's really an attainable look you know and even if it was attainable it's like where are you going if you're not a celebrity like that yeah you know, it's like you're not going you know you're not going to the mall wearing wearing that you know red carpet dress where well, whereas uh like i said french woman is just it's it's just more attainable you look at that and go i could kind of wear that i could pull that off so so tell me also like it what if if you had to give someone and say, because I, I know there's so many people, they, they, they get like this fantasy crush on someone who thinks they're French, who's by far not. If like, if how can, French women don't get girl crushes and want to copycat anyone else, do they? They always, they want their own uniqueness. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I mean, they definitely pick up on certain styles sometimes. Like, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, there was, uh, whatever, a certain shoe that they were all wearing, but they were wearing it so many different ways. In other words, they weren't a total look. It was just this one shoe that was popular, but they had their own style with that. They, they would, they would still be individual and all the other parts of the outfit would, would be that. Mm, that's a great and point. The, yeah. Yeah. So you, again, you could buy that one popular accessory to feel fashionable, but you don't have to build your whole wardrobe around it. That's a great point. So, Richard, yeah, yeah. 
This has been so much fun, yes. and I could talk to you forever. Oh. And when, when we get off this, I, I want you to tell me we're, we're going to have our personal catch-up. But in the meantime, right. can you tell the listeners, like, what you're working on now, what you're excited about, another way to connect with you and learn more? Oh, sure, sure. Um, I'm launching a new uh, photo site uh, with all my uh, photos of Paris and my European travels. Uh, so look, look for that early uh, January, February. Uh, I'm also uh, working on a book proposal about um, a certain type of restaurant in Paris and um, and planning some more interesting types of tours uh, next year. Uh, so that working will be on, on, I, on just, I Prefer to Paris. I Prefer tours. Paris, yes. Tours, tours. Right, uh, dot com. So he has two yeah. sites. It can get a little confusing. I Prefer Paris.com and I Prefer Paris Tours. So. Those are the best right. One ways. is the blog and one is the, uh, one is the uh, tour site. Yeah. And also for, for those of you who are, have been in my Say She Crash course, I'm sure you're familiar with Richard in there because he's one of our bonus experts. And for others, if you decide to take that step, you'll hear more about Richard in, in there too. And he has a really in-depth interview. So it is always fantastic to talk to you. I miss you crazy. And we were really good together, people. Richard and I didn't go off on any, like, personal tangents, right? You know, we know each other for so long. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we didn't go we, off. We could read each other like, like a we could read each other like a book, as they say. Yeah. Thank you, Richard Naham, for being here. And, everyone, we will see you on the next episode of 7 Days to Amazing.com. Thank you. Abiento, which means see you soon in French. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap. Well, not so fast. Don't forget to hop over to FocusOnStyle.com for exclusive content to help you live your most amazing life with style and success. For even more great stuff that Sharon only shares by email, subscribe to her in the know list at www.FocusOnStyle.com slash insiders. See you next time. 